the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in the pew or if I'm sitting up here preaching the message. We can all fall short from time to time. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, we are continuing our study in James chapter 5. Listen, if you are a Christian, You are not just some random human suffering for no reason. There is a reason behind everything that happens. You are a child of God. And you are part of the divine plan that God has for planet Earth. And you will one day stand in the presence of God. It all makes sense one day, though now it might not make any sense. But you are are a child of God, not just some random individual, and you will live forever in a new body one day that will never suffer again. But on this side of heaven, in the here and now, we must not forget that the world is full of suffering all around us. Why? Because this world has turned their back on God. So when we're blindsided by hardship, its purpose is to build character in you and me. So it's like it says in verse 12, don't swear or make false oaths, meaning when we're going through the fire, when something looks bigger than you, don't make bargains or false promises to God, like, oh God, if you get me out of this jam, I will serve you forever. I will go and live on the mission field. I'll live in a mud hut. I'll eat bugs. Okay, don't make deals with God. If you're falling into a sin that has captured your soul again, you don't say, well, forgive me, Lord. Just forgive me, and I will never do this again. No, look, we have a sin nature. Unfortunately, we will fall occasionally. But it's like, don't make those deals with God. What you do is you just go to him and say, oh, God, forgive me. Yes, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Job never cursed God, nor did he bargain with God. Which brings up our second point, persisting in life. Let's pick up and read again in James 5, picking up in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Well, anybody here? Might be quite a few people. Well, let him or her pray. Is anyone cheerful? Are you happy? Everything's going good right now? Life's on cruise control? Good. That's blessing. He says, let him sing praises. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? You have a physical ailment? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, 
or her, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer that's offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up or her up and he has committed and he that has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Wow. The word suffering in verse 13 means just that. It's to suffer. It's to be afflicted in some way. It's to be undergoing some type of hardship. It could be mentally. It could be physically. It could be spiritually. But you're suffering in some capacity. I'd like to ask all of you here today that question. Are any of you suffering in some capacity? Are any of you afflicted by someone or something? Or any of you undergoing some type of a hardship in your life right now? Listen, if you are, man, you've come to the right place. This is where you need to be in the house of God when you're going through those times. Because we are told that we need to do what? We need to look for him, for his help in a time of need. I don't know what could be causing your hardship here today. I think it might be something a little different for each and every one of us. But let me ask you this. Is your hardship caused as a result of sin? Is your hardship caused as a result of maybe Satan attacking you just like he did Job to disrupt his life? Is your problem in your suffering, is it a result of God chastening you? Or is the the suffering is it a result of this just this wicked world that we live in and sin is just all around us and it's easy to fall into it you know whatever the case is first and foremost we are told to do what we are told to pray we are told to pray we have to talk to god about this thing verse 14 says if there are any sick among us we are to go to the elders of the church We are to be prayed over with the anointing of oil. Psalm 66, 19 says, but certainly God has heard, talking about our prayers, he has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer. God will not turn our prayers away, nor his loving kindness from us. Know this, God listens to our prayers. When we have fallen sick to either difficulties in this life, you know, sins that have overcome us, us, physical sickness, prayer will do one of two things. Number one, it can remove the affliction, meaning we can be healed of the problem or the sickness. Or number two, God might choose to heal us of the sickness or the problem, but rather, even if he doesn't heal us of the sickness or the problem, he might choose to give us strength to endure. Strength to endure whatever it is. We must remember, even when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, what happened to Lazarus? Is he still with us today? No, he died again. And they didn't raise him up a second time. You know, he went to heaven. Let us not lose sight of this fact 
we are eventually supposed to die, okay? In God's timing, not our timing, and not someone else's timing for us, okay? But we are supposed to die one day. If we never died, how would we ever get to heaven to see God face to face? So this is not a guarantee that God will heal every single person, yet the fact is God can and he still does heal people today. So you go down that path of healing until you're no longer alive. (laughs) You continue, you never give up. And we are encouraged to come to him and to be prayed for. But we must also know that a lot of the problems that we have today, you know, are healings that we need. It might be a direct result of sin. You know, there's just things like, you know, if you're a thief and you steal, you could go to prison. Although now in California, they say you can still up to 950 bucks and get off pretty much scot-free. Okay, hopefully as Christians, you're not stealing anything, okay? Not even five bucks, okay? So hopefully that's not the case. But yes, there's penalties when you do things that are wrong. You know, if you're involved with some sexual sins, you know, you could come up with some disease and you think, oh God, I can't believe I have this disease. Well, you've been out sleeping around and you're doing this thing that you're not supposed to do. You're fornicating and all of a sudden now you are paying the price for that thing. I was at Harvest you know, as a pastor there and this young man came in and I sat down with him to counsel him and he was uh, a male model and he looked like a male model. I mean, the guy was just super good looking and he was, he was just totally yoked. I mean, the guy just, you know, I mean, obviously this is a male model here, but he sat there weeping in front of me said, I moved, I was raised in the church. I moved to Hollywood. I started this whole modeling career. I started partying. I was sleeping with a bunch of different women. And he goes, I have contacted AIDS. And he was just weeping in front of me. And it's like, you know, I prayed for him. I prayed God's blessing on him. He gave his life back to Christ, uh, you know, but he still had AIDS. He came in with AIDS and he left with AIDS. And so there is penalties to some of the sins that we get involved with. So you have to think about that. That's why God warns us not to be involved with these particular sins, which brings up our point, confessing our sin. James 5, picking up again in verse 16. Therefore, because of everything we set up to this point, confess your sins. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. So he'd bring up the great prophet Elijah. Remember, Elijah was one of the two that came to visit Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was Moses and Elijah. So Elijah was probably the biggest dog prophet of the Old Testament, okay? So it's like Elijah was a man. He had a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth, and one turns him back, like you go and get a prodigal son or daughter and bring him back or someone repents of their sin, let him know that he who turns a sinner from his error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Yes, whoever you know, whatever heathen person at your work, your family members, what have you, you share Christ with them, 
they repent, their sin will be forgiven. They will be able to go to heaven. But notice, we're called first to confess our sins. To confess is to agree with God that what we have done is wrong. Okay, so Christian, it's important that we walk in the light. It's important as Christians that we live a life of purity. It's important for us to live upright and holy. But when we fall short, and we will fall short, so Pastor Steve tries to live a godly life. But when Pastor Steve face plants and does something really lame, I have to go to God and I have to confess my sin. I have to say, Lord, I have totally blown it here. I am so sorry. That's why the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin before God, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look, it doesn't matter if you're sitting in the pew or if I'm sitting up here preaching the message. We can all fall short from time to time. And when we do, we have to go back to the Lord and we have to say, God, I am sorry. What I have done is wrong and God promises us. We don't deserve, it's not based on you deserve this or I deserve this. Well, I'm a pastor of court church. Do I get a hall pass? No, you get no hall pass, okay? You have to come like everyone else says. I have to confess my sin. But when I do, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, when we do what God tells us to do, then God is faithful to forgive us and move on with our lives at that point. He will not only hear our prayers, but he will answer our prayers. That's the difference. You're a child of God. Listen, none of us deserve it, but that's who we are. We're his children, and when we mess up, we go back. Listen, if you don't have kids of your own, it may be a little harder to understand this, but when you have your own kids, your own kids, will they will disobey you. They will, they will yell in your face. They'll smack you. I mean, your kids will they'll pull your hair. They'll bite you. I mean, kids will do all kinds of things. They will get into trouble. They'll make bad decisions. But when they come back, I'm sorry. What do you do? You pick them up. Okay. That's what you do. Okay. And that's what the Lord does with us. It's like we're rebellious. We kick him at times. We bite, we pull his hair. But then when we come back and confess, he will always forgive us. Verse 16 says, the effective prayer or the prayer that is prayed fervently or consistently with passion and faith by a righteous man or a woman, it can accomplish much. How do we pray? Do we throw up some little flippant prayer? See, our prayers should be at the same gravity of whatever the issue is that we're praying about. Does that make sense? Like, if we're praying about going to lunch, don't spend all day on it. Because if you spend all day on it, you miss lunch, okay? I'm no longer praying for lunch because I already missed it. I'm praying for dinner now, okay? Don't spend forever praying about it. Do you want burrito or do you want chicken? Do you want, you know, a triple at, you know, in and out? Like, just, just go. Don't spend forever praying about it. Pray and go do lunch, okay? But if you've got a major issue in your life, then you had better be praying fervently. You had better be praying consistently. 
So the gravity of what you're praying about determines how much you should be praying. You have cancer in your body. You have some sin in your life that's really taking you down. You've got to pray fervently on that thing. You've got to pray every day. You've got to pray multiple times a day. So depending on the gravity of the issue, that's how you pray in response to it. Notice it's not the most eloquent prayer. Yes, Lord Jesus, most holy God. It's not the most eloquent prayer that's heard. It's not the prayer from the rich. I put more money in the offering than anybody else, so he's going to hear my prayer, puts me to the front of the line. No, it's not how much money you give to the Lord. It's not the prayer of those who look the nicest. I am such a good little boy and girl. Look at me. No. Doesn't matter how you look. Doesn't matter if you look nice, you don't look nice. The prayer that God hears is the prayer that's done genuinely from the hearts. It's the righteous prayer. It's like, oh God. It's when you humble yourself before God. Oh, he hears that prayer. The one who lives out their faith, he hears that prayer. The one who lives for him on a daily basis, that's the prayer that he hears. It's the one who's a real Christian. Remember, the very name Christian means to be Christ-like or a little Christ. And in verse 17, God uses Elijah as an example. He, again, was a huge prophet in the Old Testament, calling down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel to consume the false idols of Baal. And then he did what? He went down, after he pulled fire down from heaven to consume the altar, he killed 850 of the false prophets of Baal. But take note what it says. He was a man of like passions like us. He had a nature like us. What is that saying? It's just he was a regular guy just like you and me, meaning there were days that he was like a Christian running on, uh, I'm like a V8 running on 12 cylinders. I'm like super Christian. Then another day he was like messing up like we do. We fail at times. He had a nature like us. So he was really super spiritual one day and not so spiritual the next day. He had his ups and downs, you could say. In fact, right after his radical prayers of fire, and after he killed all the false prophets, King Ahab, you know, his wife, she was a spring peach of a woman, Jezebel, she was the most wicked woman in the Bible. She said, that's it. You know, before this day's up, I'm going to kill that guy for killing all of my false prophets. So you would think, Elijah, I just called fire down from heaven. I just took a sword and slew 850 of your prophets by myself. I'm coming after you next, lady. You better be on the run. That's not what he said. For some reason, it struck a moment of fear in his life, and he ran into the wilderness. He ran. It's like, how, how could you do what you just did? You just called fire down from heaven. You just, how, like, this, this makes no sense at all. This is like two plus two equal, equaling 87 or something like that. This doesn't, this doesn't compute. So what did God do with Elijah? Did he just kick him to the curb? Oh, what a worthless dog you are. Get out of here. You know, let me get somebody else, you know. No, God went to him, and what did he say? Take a nap. Take a nap. You're tired. You've had a busy day. Take a nap. So he takes a nap. He wakes up. God, you're hungry. Let's bring him some food. This could have been the first sighting of a double-double. I'm not saying that it happened, okay? 
It says that the birds brought him some food. How do we know it wasn't a double-double? It doesn't say. Okay, I'm just saying. It could have been, okay? So he brought him some food. It's probably a falafel. Who knows? You know? so, so he eats. Lay down and take another nap. Okay, so finally he gets up. And, and it's like, God's like, so, so what's your problem? Elijah, what, what, are you, what are you doing out here? Oh, God, I'm the only one. There's nobody else. It's like everyone is gone. I'm the only one left to serve you. God's like, hmm, okay. Doesn't respond to that. Then the Bible says an earthquake came and shook the ground. And the, the wind started blowing. It was blowing. Rocks were falling apart. Then fire came down. And it's like, oh, man, could you imagine Elijah just, what's going on? The world's coming to an end. It's the apocalypse. And then there was a gentle blowing. And the Lord spoke to him again. What did he say? Elijah, what are you doing? Oh, I'm the last one. I'm the only one. There's no one. It's like, uh, yeah, didn't you just say that? Oh, you're saying that again. Actually, Elijah, there's 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Bell. And why don't you just go back and get to work? He never answered any of his questions, never came and said, oh, well, this happened because of this and this happened. No, 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 nothing. No, no. Let me tell you what's all going on. Let me give you the blueprint. No. Hey, Elijah, you fell down. Get back up. Get moving. Get back on the horse. Get back up on the skateboard. Let, let's get going. And he goes, I need this guy anointed over here. Never addressed his problem at all. Just get back to work. Get back to work. We fall down and we want to just incapacitate ourselves. Get back to work. You fell down, whatever. Can't change it. Get back to work. There's stuff to do. Let's go. Look, we all have our good days and our bad days. And in our own strength, we can be very weak and we can be very frail, can't we? That's why we must put our trust in Christ. We must stand on his strength and not our own. What set Elijah apart was not that he was some kind of a superhero man of God. That's not what set him apart. What set Elijah apart was the fact that he prayed earnestly and God heard him. Elijah wasn't Elijah because Elijah made himself. Elijah was Elijah because God made him Elijah. He prayed with passion and he believed God was going to answer him. That's all he did. Oh, how we need to see people pray for humanity like that today. Our own country is in need of serious prayer. We are falling apart at the seams spiritually. It's exactly what Isaiah said in Isaiah 5.20. Woe woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isn't that where we are now today? I mean, it's like you say this and they say that. It's just like, I mean, it's like what has happened to America? What used to be wrong is now right. It's like killing babies. It's right. No, that's wrong. No, it's right now. It's, it's like, well, you know, wait a second. You know, I thought marriage between a man and a woman. No, marriage can be between whatever. You know, go marry your horse, I guess. You know, whatever. You can just do anything here in America now. What was used to be wrong is now right. We defund the police. We set free the criminals. And we criminalize those who are afflicted. 
How has it worked so far by doing these things? We have crime rising double digits, and that's with excusing vast amounts of crime. Like, they don't even prosecute crime, so they're saying crime is down. No, crime is exploding. They're just not prosecuting crime anymore, so it's not on the book. So they can say, oh, well, we're down in these numbers because you're not prosecuting anybody. Okay, so it's like because our big cities no longer do what's right now we've like lost our minds now we stop prayer in schools as we teach more about social issues than we do about reading writing and arithmetic ever notice when something really bad happens to our country those who voted to kick prayer out of our country shake their fists at god and say how could a god of love allow this that's when i like to remind those people excuse me if you remember didn't you vote to kick god out of our country but God hears the prayers of his people still. He hears our prayers, hears every single one of them. And when we pray the prayer of faith, God can and will move. He doesn't always move the way we want him to move, does he? No, because there's always a bigger plan. He doesn't always answer the way that we think he's going to answer. But if we are in accordance with God's will, God does answer prayers. That's all the time we have for this message. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.